Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, July 10th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study, or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Matot, and it means tribes, and also Masai, and it means stages. Numbers 31, 1-54 Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Avenge Benai Israel on the Midianites, then you shall be gathered to your kin. Moses spoke to the people, saying, Let men be picked out from among you for a campaign, and let them fall upon Midian to wreak Hashem's vengeance on Midian. You shall dispatch on the campaign a thousand from every one of the tribes of Israel. So a thousand from each tribe were furnished from the divisions of Israel, twelve thousand picked for the campaign. Moses dispatched them on the campaign, a thousand from each tribe, with Pinchas, son of Eleazar, serving as a Kohen on the campaign, equipped with the sacred utensils and the trumpets for sounding the blasts. They took the field against Midian, as Hashem had commanded Moses, and slew every male. Along with their other victims, they slew the kings of Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, the five kings of Midian. They also put Balaam, son of Beor, to the sword. 
the Israelites took the women and children of the Midianites captive and seized as booty all their beasts, all their herds, and all their wealth. And they destroyed by fire all the towns in which they were settled and their encampments. They gathered all the spoil and all the booty, man and beast. And they brought the captives, the booty, and the spoil to Moses, Eleazar the Kohen, and the whole Israelite community at the camp in the steppes of Moab, at the Jordan near Jericho. Moses, Eleazar the Kohen, and all the chieftains of the community came out to meet them outside the camp. Moses became angry with the commanders of the army, the officers of thousands and the officers of hundreds who had come back from the military campaign. Moses said to them, You have spared every female, yet they are the very ones who at the bidding of Balaam induced the Israelites to trespass against Hashem in the matter of Peor, so that Hashem's community was struck by the plague. Now therefore slay, every male among the children, and slay also every woman who has known a man carnally. But spare every young woman who has not had carnal relations with a man. You shall then stay outside the camp seven days, every one among you or among your captives who has slain a person or touched a corpse, shall cleanse himself on the third and seventh days. You shall also cleanse every cloth, every article of skin, everything made of goat's hair, and every object of wood. Eleazar the Kohen said to the troops who had taken part in the fighting, This is the ritual law that Hashem has enjoined upon Moses, gold and silver, copper, iron, tin, and lead. Any article that can withstand fire, these you shall pass through fire, and they shall be clean except that they must be cleansed with water of lustration, and anything that cannot withstand fire you must pass through water. On the seventh day you shall wash your clothes and be clean, and after that you may enter the camp. Hashem said to Moses, You and Eleazar the Kohan and a family and the family heads of the community take an inventory of the booty that was captured, man and beast, and divide the booty equally between the combatants who engaged in the camp campaign and the rest of the community. You shall exact a levy for Hashem. In the case of the warriors who engaged in the campaign, one item in five hundred of persons, oxen, donkeys, and sheep shall be taken from their half-share and given to Eleazar the Kohen as a contribution to Hashem. And from the half-share of the other Israelites you shall withhold one in every fifty human beings, as well as cattle, donkeys, and sheep, all the animals, and give them to the Leviim who attend to the duties of Hashem's Mishkan. Moses and Eleazar the Kohen did as Hashem commanded Moses. The amount of booty, other than the spoil that the troops had plundered, came to 675,000 sheep, 72,000 head of cattle, 61,000 donkeys, and a total of 32,000 human beings, namely the women who had not had carnal relations. Thus. The half-share of those who had engaged in the campaign was as follows. The number of sheep was 
337,500, and Hashem's levy from the sheep was 675. The cattle came to 36,000, from which Hashem's levy was 72. The donkeys came to 30,500, from which Hashem's levy was 61. And the number of human beings was 16,000, from which Hashem's levy was 32. Moses gave the contributions levied for Hashem to Eleazar the Kohen, as Hashem had commanded Moses. As for the half-share of the other Israelites, which Moses withdrew from the men who had taken the field, that half-share of the community consisted of 337,500 sheep, 36,000 head of cattle, 30,500 donkeys, and 16,000 human beings. From this half-share of the Israelites, Moses withheld one in every fifty humans and animals, and he gave them to the Levites, who attended to the duties of Hashem's Mishkan, as Hashem had commanded Moses. The commanders of the troop divisions, the officers of thousands, and the officers of hundreds approached Moses. They said to Moses, Your servants have made a check of the warriors in our charge, and not one of us is missing. So we have brought as an offering to Hashem such articles of gold as each of us came upon, armlets, bracelets, signet rings, earrings, and pendants, that expiation may be made for our persons before Hashem. Moses and Eleazar the Kohen accepted the gold from them, all kinds of wrought articles. All the gold that was offered by the officers of thousands and the officers of hundreds as a contribution to Hashem came to 16,750 shekels. But in the ranks, everyone kept his booty for himself. So Moses and Eleazar the Kohen accepted the gold from the officers of thousands and the officers of hundreds and brought it to the tent of meeting as a reminder in behalf of the Israelites before Hashem. 1 Chronicles 9, 1-10-14 All Israel was registered by genealogies, and these are in the book of the kings of Israel. And Jehudah was taken into exile in Babylon because of their trespass. The first to settle in their towns on their property were Israelites, Kohanim, Leviim, and temple servants while some of the Judahites and some of the Benjamites and some of the Ephraimites and Manassites settled in Jerusalem. Uthai, son of Amihud, son of Amri, son of Imri, son of Bani, from the sons of Peretz, son of Yehuda, and of the Shilonites, Asiah, the firstborn, and his sons. Of the sons of Zerach, Jaul, and their kinsmen, 690. Of the Benjamites, Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Hovadiah, son of Hasanua, Ibnia, son of Joram, Elah, son of Uzi, son of Mikri, and Meshulam, son of Shephatiah, son of Raul, son of Ibnia, and their kinsmen, according to their lines, 956. All these were chiefs of their ancestral clans. Of the Kohanim, Jediah, Jehoiarib, Jachin, and Azariah, son of 
Hilkiah, son of Meshullam, son of Zadok, son of Meroth, son of Ahitub, chief officer of the house of Hashem. And Adiah, son of Jeroham, son of Pasher, son of Malkijah, and Masai, son of Adil, son of Jazirah, son of Meshullam, son of Meshelameth, son of Immer, together with their kinsmen, chiefs of their clans, 1,760, men of substance, for the work of the service of the house of Hashem. Of the Leviim, Shemaiah, son of Hashub, son of Azrikam, son of Hashabiah, of the sons of Merari, and Bakbakar, Heresh, Galal, Madaniah, son of Micah, son of Zikri, son of Asaph, and Ovadja, son of Shemaiah, son of Galal, son of Jehudim, and Barakiah, son of Asa, son of Elkanah, who dwelt in the villages of the Nedopathrites. The gatekeepers were Shalom, Akub, Talman, Ahiman, and their kinsmen. Shalom was the chief, hitherto in the king's gate on the east. They were the keepers belonging to the Levite camp. Shalom, son of Kor, son of Ebisoph, son of Korah, and his kinsmen of his clan. The Korathites were in charge of the work of the service, guards of the threshold of the tent. Their fathers had been guards of the entrance to the camp of Hashem. And Pincha, son of Eleazar, was the chief officer over them in the time past. Hashem was with him. Zechariah, the son of Meshelamiah, was gatekeeper at the entrance of the tent of meeting. All these who were selected as gatekeepers at the thresholds were 212. They were selected by genealogies in their villages. David and Samuel, the seer, established them in their office of trust. They and their descendants were in charge of the gates of the house of Hashem, that is, the house of the tent, as guards. The gatekeepers were on the four sides, east, west, north, and south. And their kinsmen in their villages were obliged to join them every seven days according to a fixed schedule. The four chief gatekeepers, who were Leviim, were entrusted to be over the chambers and the treasuries of the house of Hashem. They spent the night near the house of Hashem, for they had to do guard duty, and they were in charge of opening it every morning. Some of them had charge of the service vessels, for they were counted when they were brought back and taken out. Some of them were in charge of the vessels, and all the holy vessels, and of the flour, wine, oil, incense, and spices. Some of the Kohanim blended the compound of spices. Mattatiah, one of the Leviim, the firstborn of Shalom, the Korahite, was entrusted with making the flat cakes. Also, some of their Kohathite kinsmen had charge of the rows of bread to prepare them for each Shabbat. Now these are the singers, the chiefs of Levitical clans who remained in the chambers free of other service, for they were on duty day and night. These were the chiefs of Levitical clans according to their lines. These chiefs lived in Jerusalem. 
The father of Givon, Gilles, lived in Givon, and the name of his wife was Maka. His firstborn son, Avdon, then Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth begat Shemim, and they lived in Jerusalem opposite their kinsmen, with their kinsmen. Ner begot Kish, Kish begot Shaul, Shaul begot Jonathan, Malkishua, Benadab, and Eshbaal. And the son of Jonathan was Meribbaal, and Meribbaal begot Micah. The sons of Micah, Python, Melech, Tahariah. Ahaz begot Jarah, and Jarah begot Alimeth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri begot Moza. Moza begot Beniah, and his son was Raphiah, his son Elisa, his son Azel. Azel had six sons, and these were their names, Azrikam, Bokeru, Ishmael, Shariah, Ovajah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. The Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before the Philistines, and many fell on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines pursued Shaul and his sons, and the Philistines struck down Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua, sons of Shaul. The battle raged around Shaul, and the archers hit him, and he was wounded by the archers. Shaul said to his arms bearer, Draw your sword and run me through, so that these uncircumcised may not come and make sport of me. But his arms bearer, out of great awe, refused. Whereupon Shaul grasped the sword and fell upon it himself. When the arms bearer saw that Shaul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died. Thus Shaul and his three sons and his entire house died together. And when all the men of Israel who were in the valley saw that they had fled, and that Shaul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. The Philistines then came and occupied them. The next day the Philistines came to strip the slain, and they found Shaul and his sons lying on Mount Gilboa. They stripped him and carried off his head and his armor, and sent them throughout the land of the Philistines to spread the news to their idols and among the people. They placed his armor in the temple of their god, and they impaled his head in the temple of Dagon. When all Jabesh-Gilead heard everything that the Philistines had done to Shaul, all their stalwart men set out, removed the bodies of Shaul and his sons, and brought them to Jabesh. They buried the bones under the oak tree in Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. Shaul died for the trespass that he had committed against Hashem, and not having fulfilled the command of Hashem. Moreover, he had consulted a ghost to seek advice, and did not seek advice of Hashem. So he had him slain, and the kingdom transferred to David, son of Yeshai. Acts 27, 
But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them, the ship's crew, and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened to me and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God has given you all them that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight the shipmen dreamed that they drew near to some country and sounded, and found it twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again, and found it fifteen fathoms. Then, fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern, and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea, under color, as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we were in all in the ship two hundred and threescore and sixteen souls. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. And when it was day, they knew not the land. But they discovered a certain creek with the shore, into which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves to the sea, and loosed the rudder bands, and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind, and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas meet, They ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast, and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose, and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all, safe to land. Psalm 8, 1-9 O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who has set your glory above the heavens. 
Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings have you ordained strength because of your enemies, that you might still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and have crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yes, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Proverbs 18, 23 and 24 The poor uses entreaties, but the rich answers roughly. A man that has friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'd like to speak to you from our reading in Numbers chapter 31, and then we're going to jump into Acts 27. And I'm going to zoom in on one particular verse. And the Lord is outlining um, how to handle any booty that is captured when the Israelites go and they deal with the Philistines and with the Midianites. And so uh, the instructions start in verse Uh, 16 and talks about how it was the women that they inter interacted with, got involved with, that induced them to trespass against Hashem in the matter of Peor, so that the whole community was struck by a plague. So then it goes on to say, slay every male among the children and slay every woman who has known a man carnally, but spare every young woman who has not had carnal relations with a man. And it goes on to say in verse 20, You shall also cleanse every cloth, every article of skin, everything made of goat's hair, and every object of wood. And then Eleazar the Kohen says to the troops who had taken part in the fighting, This is the ritual law that Hashem has enjoined upon Moses, gold and silver, copper, iron, tin, and lead. Any article that can withstand fire, these you shall pass through fire and they shall be clean, except that they must be cleansed with water of lustration. And anything that cannot withstand fire, you must pass through water. So they're talking about how to cleanse these items that have been captured from the enemy, including gold, silver, copper, iron, tin, and lead. But I want to unpack that in a deeper way for you. And in many ways, we are those vessels. And First Peter chapter 1, actually most of the book, talks about why do we go through suffering? Why do we go through these difficult times? And it is a cleansing, refining process. The scriptures also talk about vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor that the, some of the vessels of honor are 
for special occasions that are like gold and silver. And then there's other vessels that are ordinary and they are used every day, something made of a clay pot. But nevertheless, they are all vessels of honor. And so, beloved, we are those vessels. And it's up to us, the life that we live, the actions that we take, the behavior, the path, the road that we are on, that determines whether we are a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor, a vessel that will in the end be destroyed by the hand of God himself. And whether we are a vessel of gold or silver or lead or tin or a clay pot. And so as we go through fire, through fiery trials, understand that we are being cleansed and we are being refined. And when gold goes through fire or silver, all of the impurities come up to the surface. And the silversmith or the goldsmith takes a ladle and scoops away the impurities and they turn the fire up a little bit hotter and more impurities come up and they scoop that away and then they turn the fire up a little hotter and they do this seven times until all the impurities have been removed and the silversmith can then look down into the liquid silver and see a perfect reflection of himself and this is what we go through beloved. We go through refining fires, and at the time, it's painful. It's difficult. We want out of the oven. We cry out, and we say, God, get me out of here. And yet, the Lord is using the trials in our life to refine his bride, to get the impurities out, to get the sin out our carnal nature, our selfishness, our pride, our bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, fear, all of that, it has to go so that he can use us for his kingdom. And so now I want to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 27, and we see Paul and his comrades are out in in the stormy sea. And it's a raging storm, and it looks like they're going to die. But Paul speaks to them and says, Hey, an angel appeared to me, and none of us is going to lose our life. You're going to lose the ship. The ship is going to go down. But we will live. And so they go through this terrible storm, and now the ship falls upon the rocks, and it breaks in half. And then those who can swim, swim to the shore. And those who cannot swim, grab a hold of a piece of plank or board and hang on for dear life. And so there's this terrible storm. And yet Paul is confident and he's strong and he's encouraging to them because he's heard from the Lord. And so again, I want to encourage you, those of you who may be going through a storm in your life right now. Not necessarily a literal storm, but a, an emotional storm, a spiritual storm. To hang on and trust in the Lord. 
because he will see you through it. He will see you through the storm. We are to cling to Yeshua. He is our anchor. He is our lighthouse. He is our hope. He is our breath. He is our all in all. So, as you go through the storms of life, cling to him like a barnacle does to a rock. Recently, I was exploring along the Oregon coast and I came to a rocky shoreline area where there were some big rocky outcrops. And there were just thousands, tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of tiny little barnacles that were encrusted upon the rocks. And just for fun, I tried to remove a barnacle or two. And they are like part of the rock. You cannot tell, break that barnacle off of the rock. The barnacle is clinging so tightly to the rock that it's like it is a part of the rock. You can't tell where the rock ends and where the barnacle begins. They've become one. And that is how we need to cling to Yeshua, like a barnacle to a rock, that we become one with him. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.